Good morning to you. If you have your Bibles today, uh, if you would, uh, take those and turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Book of Romans chapter 6. We'll begin sharing there together uh, in just a moment. Um, I'm going to take a little risk this morning. And when I do this, you'll understand why I say that. I want to share with you the message of this sermon in one sentence. Now, when I do that, don't say, okay, I got it, let's go home. All right, that's the risk, right? But, but yeah, I, I, knew, I, I knew if David was here, that was going to be a problem for me. For, but here's the sentence. For life change to happen. You hear that? For life change to happen, we must apply the power of our identity in Christ at the specific point of temptation. Now listen to that again and understand what I'm saying. For life change to happen, we must apply the power of our identity in Christ at the specific point of temptation. Now, I want us to take a few moments this morning, while that is the sermon in a sentence, I want us to take a few minutes to explore exactly what that means to us. Well, everything is changing, and we must be willing to change with it. The world around us is changing and changing fast. Here are just a few things I want you to consider about the change around us today, public and social media. I mean, it wasn't very long ago that we had never heard the term fake news, but we hear it all around us, and it happens all around us today. As many people get their news and social media and apps, they they get more information there than they do from traditional news outlets today. People have become what I would consider online junkies. Now, I mean, we're there all the time, looking, searching, asking, doing all kinds of things. Think about personal communication. Those under 50, studies show today that they text more than they talk on the phone. That our, our communication has changed. Our office and our work are always with us. Never leave them. They're, they're constantly with us. Twenty years ago, I want you to think about this. Twenty years ago, no one had ever heard of meeting someone online. And today, there are dating apps and, and dating sites and all kinds, thousands of them, that we can meet people online. Twenty years ago, we'd never heard of that. Never talked about it. Never, never thought about it. What about travel? We have become our own travel agents. There are more sites for finding travel accommodations and modes of transportation for people to get us from here to there and deals to let us stay here or there. People are opening up their homes for people to stay in while they're not there and all kinds of things that 10, 15, 20 years ago we'd never thought about or never heard of. People are working more And more remotely, they're not going to the office place anymore. They're working from home or from coffee shops or whatever the case may be. Moral changes. Same-sex marriage is now legal. X-rated material 
is at our fingertips. More people are living together before they're married, or they're just living together and not getting married at all. Think about cameras. Nobody buys a camera anymore. The camera is on your phone. We stream music. Movies are rented online, not at stores any longer. We Google, not use encyclopedias. Brick-and-mortar store shopping is now considered old school. Online shopping is the norm. Our world is changing. And it's changing rapidly around us. From every facet of life in regards to communication and travel and shopping and news and information and dating and relationships to the moral values of our country. It is changing all around us. Now here's the issue. The issue is, in spite of all of this rapid and alarming change going on all around us in the world, churches and Christians are not changing. We're not different than we were last week, last month, last year, or when we first met the Lord. We're not growing, we're not changing, we're not developing, we're not maturing, we're not becoming more of what He desires for us to be. We're simply here. And we have to understand that if the world is changing around us, then we have to change as well. The Scripture calls us in Matthew 13, leavening. Let's talk about that for a moment. In Matthew 5, we're called salt. Again, in Matthew 5, we're called light. All of these things that are mentioned here are agents not just to change themselves, but to change the things that are around them. Leaven, when placed in the dough, changes the nature of the dough. Salt, when added to food, can either preserve it or change the taste of it. Light, when it is introduced to darkness, dispels the darkness and the shadows and brings light to everything that is around it and exposes it. And the Scripture says that we are to be those things in our world. We're to be leaven. We're to be salt. We're to be light in order that we change and in order that we change those that are around us and that we come in contact with each and every day. Yet... Every study, every survey, everything that we look at indicate the same thing. It doesn't matter if we're doing a survey or a study in relationship to divorce, premarital sex, spousal abuse, lying, cheating. The list can go on and on. The statistical numbers say that those who call themselves Christians and are believers and those who deny the Lord and are unbelievers, statistically the numbers are virtually the same. That in every one of those categories, Christians are not different. Christians do not get divorced at a lower rate than non-Christians. Christians are are not involved in premarital sex less than those who are non-Christians. Christians are not involved less in abuse than those who are non-Christians. So what is the point? 
Well, what is the understanding of what is going on if we are not allowing God to change us, that we become different than the world that is around us, and then as leaven and salt and light have an impact on those that are around us, then what are we doing? What, what are we being? What, how, how are we doing what God has called us to do and, and empowered us to do if we remain unchanged? So ask yourself this question for just a moment this morning, and then we're going to dig into the Word in Romans chapter 6. If you evaluate yourself as a believer right now today, am I a different person morally, spiritually, ideally, understanding, compassion? Am I a different person today than I was last week? Am I a different person today than I was last month? Am I a different person today than I was last year? And on and on the question can go. Have I allowed God and the presence of His Spirit and the power of His Word to change me? And if I haven't, then we're just like the rest of the world. And what we're doing here really has no impact as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. We must be willing to change. Go with me to Romans chapter 6. I want to begin reading. Our text today really picks up in verse 8. I want to read a little bit before that, mainly because uh, of just what was shared in our, uh, our thoughts a little bit earlier. And so listen in verse 4. Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death. In order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the what? Newness of life. It's not revealing something. It's, it's becoming new. It's not just a, a transformation from, from one thing to another. It's, it's all new. It's brand new, He says. For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, Certainly we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him, and that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You hear this idea of change he's talking about here? He's introducing the text we're getting ready to go to, but he's talking about a change, a newness of life, no longer a slave to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now let's pick up in verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now let's talk about that for a few moments. In order for life change to happen, I have to apply the power of my identity in Christ at the specific point of temptation. 
that if I want to change and be different, I have to say this is who I am in Christ. And who I am as I identify in Christ changes how I live my life each and every day. And I apply that truth and the power of it at the point of temptation when it comes in my life so that I do not sin. Understand this. It is not a sin to be tempted. Get the reality of that. I had somebody the other day that just, they really struggled with wrapping their head around the idea. It is not a sin to be tempted. The Scripture says Jesus was tempted in every manner such as you and I. Do you understand that? Jesus was tempted. There was temptation placed before Him. And He was tempted. Jesus was tempted in every way as you and I are tempted. Yet... He had no sin. You understand that? Temptation is not a sin. It's the yielding to the temptation that turns it to sin. And so what we have to understand is that if life change is going to happen, I have to apply my identity in Christ at the specific point of temptation. In other words, when the temptation comes, I say, in Christ, I am dead to that. That's what he says. And if I'm dead to it, that means that there's no feeling, there's no life, there's no reaction to it. So when that specific temptation comes in my life, I have to to remember my identity in Christ and apply it at that moment if I'm going to change and be different. And what I say is, I am dead to that. And when I'm dead to it, then there's, there's no feeling, there's no motion, there's no attachment, and there's no allure for me to respond to. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's when we yield to temptation that it becomes sin. So four things I want us to learn from this text this morning that can help us be free in Christ. Freed from sin is what that passage says. First thing is this. Forgiveness is just the beginning of life in Christ. Forgiveness is just the beginning. So many times we act like forgiveness is the finish line. (laughs) Forgiveness is the starting line. And we begin in the forgiveness of Christ Jesus. But so many people want to just live in that forgiveness and go, well, I'm forgiven and I'm happy and I'm on my way to heaven and everything's all right. And we like the sound of that. But the truth of the matter is when I receive His forgiveness is when I become in Christ. And when I become in Christ, the Scripture says that I died a death with Him. In other words, I put to death the old sinful me, all the old past sins of my life, yielding to temptation, making choices, doing things that I shouldn't do, and things that are against the teachings of God's Word. And he says, when I am forgiven, then I am in Christ. And when I am in Christ, I am a new creature. The old things have passed away. And behold, what? All things new have come. At that moment of forgiveness, when I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, it is the starting line of a whole new life. It's a starting line of a whole new way of living. At that moment, I begin to live differently than I've ever lived before, and I will continue to live differently by allowing the power of God and the presence of His Word to change who I am. And so many people don't understand that. They just want to be forgiven and know that their sins are covered and that they're on the way to heaven and everything's all right. But they don't understand that that's just where it starts. And from that moment forward, we need to to begin to change, and we need to continually change. Grow 
and mature and develop in Christ by the power of His Word. Second principle is this. The power of sin is broken once for all. Did you hear that in the text? Go back and read that with me again if you would. Look in verse 10. We started there uh, in chapter 6 and verse 8. Look at verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. You understand that? Do you understand the, the, the context of what he is telling us? The power of sin is broken. Sin does not have control over our lives once we are in Christ. Because He has already died the death. He has already paid the price for the sins once for all. That includes you and me. That includes everyone who's ever walked on the face of this earth, no matter what. He died that death to pay the price and the penalty of sin once for all. For everyone. And so sin, the power of sin, is broken. It does not have control over me or control my life any longer. And in fact, if we back up where we began when I was reading that text a little bit earlier, and he says this, uh, as we look in verse 6, he says, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with. Did you hear that? The body of sin. What is the body of sin? Well, those are all the sinful actions of my past life. Everything that I've ever done that was sinful or wrong or unacceptable in the eyes of God, that's the body of sin. And he says that the body of sin might be done away with, that we, understand who we are, we should no longer be slaves to sin. Sin and the power of sin are broken. And they no longer control us as long as we are living in Christ. And so what that means is just not that that the payment of the price of sin is no longer our responsibility. It means that we should no longer live in that sin. And so that's why we, if you go back to the very sentence that I began with today, and we understand that life change occurs when we take our identity in Christ and apply it at the specific point of temptation. That when I am tempted, not a sin, when I am tempted, I say I am in Christ. And being in Christ means that sin no longer has power over me. Sin no longer has control of my life. I am in Christ, and because I am in Christ, I am dead to that temptation. And because I am dead to that temptation, it means that there's no feeling, there's no emotion, there's no taxi, attaxi, uh, attraction. Good night. Had that fixed last week. Attraction. Okay, there's no attraction and there's no desire. But it's a choice that I have to make. And that's the, the, the third thing I want us to see today. Living for the Lord is day by day. Living for the Lord is moment by moment. And they are choices that we choose every single day. Notice what he said. Jesus, as as he's writing about Jesus, he said, The death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, who does he live for? The life that he lives is for the Lord. 
the life that he lives is for his father. He died this death for the sins for all people of all time. But the life that he lives, he lives to him. And he says, everything that I do, I desire to please you. Everything that I do, I desire to live the way that you want me to live, to be different and and to be exactly who you desire me to be. And then the Scripture says this. How could we do anything less? How could we come up short of that if Jesus died to pay the price for our sins and to free us from the power of sin, and He now lives and lives only for the Father? How are you and I as believers accepting that forgiveness and grace and mercy? How can we do anything less? He calls us to live for the Father. He calls us in every day, in every moment, in every way to live for Him. Not for ourselves. Not for our desires or, or, or our urges or, or whatever satisfies or pleases or, or makes us happy. He says, I call you to live for Him. I call you to live to desire to be what He wants you to be and to live the way that He wants you to live. And so that brings us to the fourth thing, and that is this. Victory over sin is moment by moment. Victory over sin is is what happens every day, every moment of every day. The phrase, consider yourselves to be dead to sin. Think about that for just a moment. Consider yourselves... To be dead to sin. Whatever God's Word defines as sin, He says, as a believer who's accepted God's grace and mercy and forgiveness, consider yourself dead to that. So when the temptation comes, I identify who I am in Christ Jesus, and I realize that if I'm going to change, then I have to stand strong and say, I'm dead to that. No longer has any control over me. No longer has any role or place in my life. No longer influences or impacts me in any way. I am dead to that. It no longer has a place in my life. And every moment of every day when we face temptation, when we face those challenges as Jesus faced those challenges... And we are tempted to take that step in the wrong direction. We are tempted to take that step in disobedience to the Father, in adversity to God's Word, and do that which we shouldn't do. He says, just stop for one moment. One moment. If you want your life to change, he says, then your identity in Christ says at that specific moment to that temptation, I am dead. Say it. Don't just think it. Say it. So when temptation comes in your life and you face it, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, help me to identify who I am right now. And in you, I am dead to that. Whatever that is. And then walk away. You're dead to it. Walk away. Doesn't have a place. Doesn't have a part. Doesn't have a role in your life. And when we do that, we begin to change. Our lives begin to become different. And pretty soon, not only do we change, but we begin to change others in how we live our life. And then we become the leaven, and we become the salt, and we become the light. There's, there's a commercial out, and, um, and there's a lot of people in the sports world or people who are making an effort 
who are clinging to this. And, and I think there's some power here. I, I think there's some identity here for us. And, and the commercial says this, I do today what others are not willing to do so that tomorrow I can do what others can't do. Think about that for a moment. That, that's really a powerful statement. I do today, so they're talking about sports, they're talking about practice and putting in the time and the grind and the work and the effort and all that. I do today what others are not willing to do so that tomorrow I can do what they can't do because they didn't put in the effort. They didn't put in the practice. They didn't put in the time. And so now I can do something they can't do because I was willing to do today what they weren't willing to do. And that applies exactly what we're talking about today. I am willing to do today what others are not willing to do. I am willing to say to that temptation, because of my identity in Christ Jesus, I am dead to you. I am dead to that. It's not a part of my life anymore. And if I will do that today, it will allow me tomorrow to have another victory. And if I will do that tomorrow, allow me the next day to have another victory. And pretty soon I'm winning moment by moment. I'm winning day by day. And there are victories in my life in Christ Jesus. And I am changed and different than I've ever been before. But it begins by saying my identity in Christ Jesus says that I am dead to temptation and sin. And it no longer has a part of my life. So today... As we offer invitation here, it is simply this question. Are you ready to change?